0: Circuit Cast with your host,
1: Mark Amory. Kia ora koutou, talofa lava. Uh, Welcome to Circuit Cast, a monthly discussion about art and moving image. Uh, And this month, a rather special uh, first for us that we're recording live at the Auckland Art Fair here on Auckland's waterfront at the cloud. Uh, The cloud pod, or the pod cloud, I don't quite sure which it is, it all sounds a little bit like uh, out there in. out there in the virtual space. It's 11 a.m. here in a very physical, real way. Last day of the fair, the the dealers are trying to put up new work. There's this kind of sense of shuffling things around as the punters start to come in for the day. And we're here live uh, here out of our Wellington studio borough in the glitzy Auckland uh, waterfront with the boats going past. Um, and uh, we're doing something a little bit, uh, I guess, radical for us as well and that this is a critical conversation about the art fair and how it's going within the belly of the beast. So I'm asking my panellists today to, uh, to uh, um, be strong and uh, not be af- not uh, be unforward with their opinions, and I, I thank them for their uh, their uh, being here and their bravery. Um, they are a, a pod guest who is familiar to uh, many people here in Auckland and to our listeners of Circuit Cast on circuit.org.nz, which is uh, curator and writer Andrew Clifford. Welcome, Andrew. Hi, Mark. Hello. And new to the podcast is uh, Serena Bentley, Kia ora. Hello. Hey, now, Serena, you're. Um, uh, Uh, Now, I I know you're doing the artistic programming at Next Wave in uh, Melbourne. You've got this great situation for us today in that you uh, have worked in dealer galleries, uh, Stark White, here in Auckland, uh, I think Roslyn Oxy in Sydney, and then in Melbourne as well, Mm -hmm. but have also done quite a lot of work in the curation of public gallery shows, the Auckland Art Gallery and so forth. Um, Yeah, how many art fairs do you get to?
2: Oh, look, I try and get to as many as I can. I've always made a commitment to come to Auckland to the art fair here. Um, Financially, it's a little bit more difficult for me to get to the ones further overseas, but I do think it's a a great way to see a lot of work in one space quite conveniently. Yeah,
1: yeah, so you've been to previous Auckland art fairs? I have, yes. Right, are you family based here in in Auckland? Yes, they Ah, are. Ah, choice, choice. What (laughs) about you, Andrew? Are you a bit of an international art fair get about? town kind of person?
0: I have to say I've not been to any of the international art fairs, it's just never been the purpose of travel and then if they were on at the time sure I'd make a beeline for Basil but I've not had the luxury of travelling especially for something like Art Basil or Freeze. but yeah. certainly being pleased to see over the last five or so years the evolution of the Auckland, well it's biennial so that's ten or so years isn't it? Yeah I guess so. The, the development of a fair here in Auckland.
1: It's, it's been uh, phenomenal growth internationally with art fairs. Um, and I, I'm kind of interested in talking initially about that kind of, just generally about that f- phenomenon and what it means, because it strikes me that it's almost the antithesis of what we expect to be a good gallery experience, even a good dealer gallery experience, where it's a little quiet, you've got time to see the work, uh, there's space for the work, you know, the, the, the kind of white cube thing, whereas here it's a compressed experience, it's about quantity, there's noise. There's all that kind of going on. It seems to uh, appeal more to, I guess, new generations and their shorter tension spans mm-hmm. and, and the way we kind of react with the world online in uh, this kind of event culture. Um, what, what are your thoughts on 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 the experience of art and an art fair. Well,
0: I think that brings a different sort of energy to it. Normally you open a show in a dealer gallery and it's up for a month, and after the opening night where you have a few dozen to a 100 people come through, you do have that slow trickle of people who take time, whereas this is all compressed into one weekend with um, 30-plus dealers all in one place. And there's a different kind of dynamic as a result of that. Um, One of the things I do enjoy about coming to these is that social energy that comes out of it. Everyone's in one place, and you can't walk more than two metres without bumping into someone and having a little chat, and beyond the work itself, that social dynamic, and having the whole art scene in one place is quite nice too, and not just having this great scan across all the work, and being able to see that in one go, but also being able to talk to people and find out what they're working on, and mm. um, yeah, I, I find for that reason alone, it's quite a useful event.
1: Well, I mean, the, the art fair here was set up by dealers, and it is about promoting dealers, and presumably, Serena, a lot more people then go into dealer galleries having experience in art fair, do you think? Or, or, or do they kind of get there they're full of art here, and, and is, I mean, does it is it having a growth effect? Do you think in uh, in, the, in the in the actual market or the dealer gallery scene?
2: I think it depends on the audience member. I think if you are visiting Auckland Art Fair from out of town, you're going to come here, you're going to check out the work on offer here. But I think you're going to make the most of your experience being in Auckland. And if you're you know a committed art consumer, then you are going to leave the fair and hopefully go and visit a number of the dealer galleries um, within Auckland as well during your time. And, I mean, that's something that's um, happened for me personally. I, was, um, I had a, a dealer staying with me and an artist staying with me, and certainly a part of that art fair experience is actually getting out into the city and viewing what else is on offer here too.
1: Mm. Mm. It, it's a very busy time this week in Auckland. We've got the last weekend of the Auckland Triennial, which um, is getting some great critical reports. Um, maybe doesn't have the same marketing clout as the Auckland Art Fair, which has had a very strong... Presence has also been uh, within the, 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 the industry a curatorial symposium at St. Paul Street. So, this kind of very interesting sort of uh, mix of the public and commercial gallery scenes, and yet they still seem to walk on different sides of the street to some degree. Um, I, is, is that the nature of things, or, or, or can, can, they, can they come together a little bit more? Any thoughts?
0: One thing I've wondered is the fact that the art fair is very much about the dealer and the consumer. It's about selling work. I mean, let's be straight about that. There's no illusions there. And the biennial is all about the curator and the artist and curating work and ideas and catalogue essays and all of that stuff. And we've just had that great three-day symposium where we've tossed around really esoteric ideas about the nature of curating and the history of exhibitions. this is much yeah, more... Thousands um, of people aren't going to be attending. No, this is a much more <laughs> cold-faced thing of here's the work and it's for sale. But, yeah, you do have this subtle distinction in audiences within the art world anyway of curators and artists looking at more conceptual things, dealers and consumers handling the actual works and selling it. Mm. Um, and I'm not sure how many people who are up the road at the Auckland Art Gallery came down the road here. Um, I was too busy with that to visit for the duration of the symposium, so I came in yesterday for the Have you been time. at
1: that symposium?
2: I haven't actually. As well, no. right, okay.
0: Yeah. But I suspect they are still two very different sides of the street, and it used to be, I think, that the more curated side of the art world looked down their nose at art fairs as it's just been this commercial event, and the biennial was the real thing, that, that was the big thing that um, everyone aspired to be involved with, but in recent years, um, the received wisdom, at least, is that that has flipped around and all the energy is happening in places like List and Freeze, and there's a lot of stuff going down there, and some of the old Biennales are looking a little dusty, maybe. Well,
1: yeah, but. Uh, and I don't know uh, where that
0: leaves us, curators, in, in that whole scheme of things.
1: I wonder where there is a slightly smaller culture here. It's, we're still not quite, there still seems to be a bit of a divide. Serena, have you got thoughts?
2: It, it does seem like there 's a bit of a divide, and it 's something that I noticed um, during the vernissage is that mm. it was certainly it certainly involved a certain facet of the arts community it, it wasn 't a, a sort of complete experience in the sense that there weren't a whole bunch of curators around. Um, I think one strategy that a lot of art fairs seem to employ to try and bridge that gap is by uh, introducing project spaces, um, which is something that happens at Melbourne Art Fair, for instance, and has happened for a while, um, where they'll invite non-profit spaces or artist-run spaces to exhibit at the fair um, free of charge. So it does mean that there's this extra dimension to, I guess, the commercial side of the fair. which is great because I think it gives it a bit more texture than it would have otherwise. Um, But at the same time, I think another big issue with art fairs in terms of that divide is is what Andrew touched on before, is that there is that relationship between um, dealer and audience here, and it's like the meat in the sandwich is missing in a sense, Is that there aren't a whole bunch of artists around, and I think at the vernissage, for instance, the cost of attending is, is prohibitive in a lot of ways, and it actually excludes Quite a few members of the arts community. It's an interesting
1: economic system, isn't it? Because the dealers spend a lot of money, thousands of dollars, to have a have a have a, a stall, and then we've got the, pro- the project spaces. This very interesting public-private tension. Mm-hmm. And w- what what strikes me is the as an exhibition experience. It's uh, if we just say is this a strong art fair mm-hmm. or not? A lot of that ex- some of that or quite a lot of that experience is out of the control of uh, the organisers of the art fair. It's mm-hmm. actually a reflection of where the dealers are. They're collectively actually. Uh, showing where the where the market market is and the public project side almost needs to balance it. So I noticed that uh, there is an absence of uh, video art,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: uh, a curious absence for me of Pacific Island representation, given the strength of that scene in Auckland as a Pacific city, and you can and uh, uh, perhaps an absence of Māori artists or a Māori extract. And you can see in some of those projects uh, some 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 balancing of. that potentially. That's right. Uh, And
0: again, is that reflected by who is being represented in the dealer galleries? Because the Biennale world or the curated public gallery world operates almost independently of that, where you go straight to the artist and talk to them about developing a project and you're not quite as cognizant of the commercial world when you're developing shows in that way. Whereas the art fair, as you say, which doesn't have control on what's been shown, in that same curated institutional way, is reliant on who the dealers show. So is it that the New Zealand dealer world isn't representing that sort of work in the same fashion?
1: Yeah, I, I tend to think that maybe that there's a new generation of, of dealers uh, who aren't coming through with the work yet, uh, perhaps. It's, mm. a, it's, a, it's interesting times. Well, let's have a talk about this fair. We've, we've all been to previous Auckland Art fairs. How does this one look? How does it compare?
2: It's, it's interesting, having, having been to a few experiencing this one, it does seem to be um, a little bit more contained and a little bit smaller. Uh, certainly, I've noticed an absence of, of previous exhibitors who, for whatever reason, aren't here this time around. So,
1: Robert Heald, uh, um, who else have we got? Well, uh, Hamish H- Mackay. Peter, Peter McLeavy. McLeavy. They're, McLeavy.
0: they're pretty big Park. names to be missing. Yeah. Ivan yeah. Anthony, yeah. Yeah, Neil mm. Park, have come and out Why is Australia.
1: that? Why are those, those galleries not here? Do you think? Have you got a hunch?
2: Well, I think...
1: I don't need to gossip, it's just kind
0: of interesting. Yeah. I think it does need to be addressed. And, Antoinette Godkin's another really senior dealer and I noticed Gal oh, Langsford, yeah. who are very good neighbours to her in Lawn Street, have flyers for her gallery on their counter here to so say <laughs> go and visit her gallery, but yes, yeah. I mean, we've
1: got the, the, a brand new art fair into the ecosystem, the Sydney, Sydney uh, Fair coming up, so yes. that's obviously going to have a factor.
2: I think if you're a commercial gallery, you have to be strategic, you know, you don't have unlimited funds. There are so many fairs now, you have to think very closely about about where to show, you can't do it all. Um, if, you've, if there is this new fair in Sydney, Sydney Contemporary, that's certainly something that, you know, dealers within Australasia have to consider. I mean, it's got clout behind it, it's, it's founded by the guy who founded Art Hong Kong, and I think people are seduced by the new as well. Like, yeah. you know, if you think of the first of any art fair, they're incredibly exuberant and everyone's there, so.
1: How's the Melbourne Art Fair doing?
2: Uh, I actually missed it this year. I was in Indonesia, but...
1: Well, what's the word as to where that is in its kind of cycle of uh, popularity, as it were, amongst the dealers? And
2: I believe it was see. pretty quiet, and uh, I think a lot of people are turning their attention towards Sydney to see what's going to happen there.
0: Yeah. I mean, the other new factor in the region as well is the fact that Art Basel have taken over the Hong Kong Art Fair. That's right. So Art Basel HK is a major event on this side of the world as well. And I know that at least one or two New Zealand dealers go over to that as well. So we're proudly
1: New Zealand-made, but that's sort of the global capitalist system around the art fair thing is just, uh, you know, not that far away. Mm. Um, You you use the word, Serena, contained. I would use the word conservative almost with this art fair. Um, And again, that's sort of based on, I think, more what the dealers are showing. What what, what, what do you think, Andrew? Well, especially remembering that
0: um, this conversations being recorded for Circuit too. We can't help but think about the moving image content, of which certainly in the dealer stands there is, I think we only found one when we had a look around yesterday. There's the curated projects Alex Monteith out front in those cubes, which unfortunately you can't see in daylight, so they've been switched off except for the evenings, which is, yeah, a little sad. And the little curated video screen up the scene, which each time I've been past has been turned off. Um, And, the dealers themselves, none of them, with one exception, which is Milford Galleries, showing Shigeyuki Kahara on a screen. Not a single one has any video. Just a, yeah,
1: I just was completely astonished, and and that was interesting also because I say use the word conservative, but the, two years ago there was I felt there seemed to be a lot more moving image, mm-hmm. and uh, the project seemed uh, a little bit more adventurous as, as, as well to me. I'm seeing a lot of work. And the projects like the Xiong, you're, Xiong you're oh, you're Low and uh, Nikki Haysons before, it. it's like I've seen this many, many times and it's another iteration, which I'm sure there's a lot of people who haven't coming into this environment, but uh, there isn't much mm. of a cutting edge there. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's
0: very budget hungry, that sort of thing, to mm. run a fair and to then somehow come up with, Extra thousands and thousands of dollars m- commission mm-hmm. those big projects that add a little bit of curatorial edge to it. I guess a- well, that's kind of what it needs. But I, I, I guess there may be practicalities. The other thing, coming back to the venue as well, I really like it. It's got a really beautiful feel. It's nicely placed yeah. here. But looking at the floor plan, I can't see how they can grow. If it's growing, where do they go next? Where would you put some of these bigger things? Or if all these dealers came back, well, it where feels would they go? it feels so,
1: more spacious to me. I, I, I prefer this. This feels, in terms of a experience, um, in that way, on an experiential of having, you know, a beautiful place, having a coffee, meeting people. It's, it's, even even though the Viaduct Event Centre was brand new, it, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it more here. Hmm. Uh, Serena, <laughs> what do you think? I
2: quite, I quite enjoyed the, the the space of the last venue. I think there was. Um, Something to be said for having, I mean, I don't know if it's true, but it seemed like there was a little bit more breathing space around the stands, which kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, which is when you have this, you know, absolute onslaught of, of work and stands. It is nice if there can be space around those so you can kind of catch your breath a little bit.
1: Mm, but there was like that, that sculpture court didn't work at that all. That The sculpture great, just sort of no. squeezed in at the end last time. Yeah,
2: okay. that's true. Um, In in
1: terms hmm. of how
0: conservative the stands are, I guess another factor which we've seen more of in previous editions is the showcase stand, the sort of the dealer, and Peter McLeavy was always very good at this, he made a big point of not telling a soul what he was showing until he got Mm -hmm. here, it was this big reveal of making a statement and just putting one work or one artist up and this is your show. For the, for the fair, and, and apart from Michael Lett's project with Michael Parakofoi, which looks stunning, mm. most of the dealers have gone for a general grab bag selection. Well, I, some look better yeah. than others, some look great, but it's, no one's really done that big statement.
1: Well, I, I, it, I, I'd slightly differ. I think, I, I remember two fairs ago um, coming, and I think uh, there was the Paul Nash Gallery from Gisborne and Brett McDowell from Dunedin. It was interesting. They were both coming from out of the big cities, mm. Uh, uh, and I think um, Brett had Kashana Bush, you know, probably sold out in the instance, everyone just went, wow. And um, I can't remember uh, the artist's name, but Paul's, but the, 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 and then last year, uh, I think Paul Nash had Rob McLeod. I see, you know, I see that um, uh, McDowell has got uh, Martin Thompson, Mm. which looks very beautiful, and again, I think just sold out. So it feels sometimes that just And the Elizabeth Thompson work, very impressively presented. I mean, it's a work, again, work that people in the industry are very familiar with, but it's still a a risky thing for a dealer to do. Again, it's sold. And, you know, it it does feel like the risks can pay off. Uh, Speaking again of exceptions to the rule, um, which might prove your your point, Andrew, maybe right or wrong, is the Michael Paraculfi at the Michael Lett. Um, Always expect... Michael to do something which is kind of context-rich, but I thought this work, uh, I loved how, as as quite often with his practice, it almost offended me and I was affronted at the Venissage night and then overnight I came back kind of going, actually, and it's really stable and I keep on kind of engaging with it, It, it's it's a very trashy kind of floral, it is not floral, sort of piece of 70s carpet in an area with uh, a number of pieces of furniture. Uh, golf balls, some of them gold-planted, some of them not, sort of various different sorts of plinths, um, and then uh, the tops-off coffee cups, the polystyrene, the, the, the away cups you get, sort of jammed onto the wall. It seems to be taking the mickey a little bit of the fair itself or the whole idea of the con- you know, art as a material consumptive object.
0: But if you take a second lock, which is a big part of what Mike P's work is mm-hmm. about, you realise that surface reading, there's much more to it, and he loves mm-hmm, to play yes. with that appearance of the ready-made which was a cheeky gesture in itself once upon a time and to flip that around and you realise all those objects the little coffee Tin lids, the styrofoam cup holder, the chest, they are all cast bronze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And the golf balls, painted or not, are cast and and or polished bronze as it, well. Yeah, it
1: reminded me of that Glenn Hayward dude and his work, but just taking it really, just pushing yeah. it to a much more sophisticated
0: yeah. level. And in that some ways. blue gold Exminster carpet—it's <sighs> second hand, I don't know how or where he found it, but it's stunning and it fits it so well. And I mean, Mike, Mike always plays with. Um, the unfolding of the work, how you come to it, he's so considered in that way. And it's not just all out like the stand. It's actually in this enclosed space. And and on the wall outside, all you see is a few of those coffee cup lids pinned up, and you sort of go around the side and in. And Mm. then there's this big wow of this carpeted floor, and in fact, it's probably one of the only bits of carpet in the whole fair, which is unfortunately all on asphalt. So (laughs) I've
1: noticed everyone's in comfy shoes now, as opposed to the heels that they started out with. A couple yeah. of days ago. No, I think the rewarding thing is I feel like I'm going to keep on thinking about that work, mm. and it's going to keep, I keep on um, yeah coming back to it. So, Rena, any, while we're putting out the bouquets, any uh, any any others you wanted to mention?
2: Um, yeah, for me it was really about Jess Johnson and Martin Thompson, but then I think there are also little treats within each of those um, more group kind of presentations. I really loved a couple of the works at Paul McNamara's stand particularly. Yeah. Um, uh, Photographed by Peter Perrier of his wife at the time, Erica, from 1975 uh, and also a work by Richard Collins um, from the 1970s, which is just the back of a woman at Parkery. and they're really beautiful images and it's amazing that you can find them within what is a very dense hang. They're so strong that, that they they stand out, they just pop. They're they're really gorgeous. Um, and also I really love seeing Saskia's work at Jonathan Smart Stand as well. I mean, she's such an incredible colourist and yeah, who works are always a pleasure to well, spend time with. Well props to Jonathan
1: with. Smart, 25 years just opened a new space in Sydenham after the quake, still going um, pretty, pretty much I think the only dealer left standing in Christchurch, maybe, maybe I think uh, you know, there is, this is about celebrating the dealer and how important they are as well and, um, and still finding time
0: and money to get up here and Mount something, and it's not just the cost of the stand, which mm. we all know about. But there's mm. enormous resource in being at the art fair. So, yeah, kudos to them all for making that effort. I, 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 was, I actually
1: wanted to mention um, uh, uh, white space actually as well. We talked about the the, the lack of representation of Pacific Island artists, um, but also this paucity of a video, sound, performance-based work, but uh, the, I really like the new Andy Lalesioa work there that uh, Deborah White's showing, and, and uh, uh, another risky work that sold I think quite early on is Nandita Kumar's Bell Jar work, which uh, is a you, you just work. stole my highlight actually. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, well, that's I mean, and that's one of
0: the things I look for when I come to the art fair, is those really pleasant surprises, yeah. something unexpected, because as someone who knows all the dealers and all the galleries and all of their artists going around every month to as many shows as I can, um, you'd think there wouldn't be much to see in the art fair because I've seen it all before in a way. So when I do come, it's nice to have that social thing i talked about before and have that level to it. Um, seeing a whole lot of new work by all those artists is really nice, but I really want to see something I haven't seen before. And sometimes that's something like Michael potter unveiling a really new phase in his work and going, yeah. gosh, we haven't seen that before, we need to think about that one. Sometimes it's a new artist.
1: This podcast is uh, is produced by circuit.org.nz, which is all about moving image. It's a podcast where we look at across the art forms. But uh, we're here uh, doing the podcast at, at a, as, as you've noted, Andrew, um, at a, an art fair where there's very, very little moving image work in the dealers. we um, mentioned that the, the the work out the front, the public work, and there's a container as well. I hate work presented in containers, um, but. And then there's a video wall here. But um, I, I, I wanted to get, rather than kind of deconstruct all that anymore, it's a little, that's a bit, a bit too much carnage to kind of go through. I'm kind of interested in how this compares to other art fairs maybe overseas or in terms of representation of video and, and performance. It seems strange to me that uh, it is so, feels so disconnected from a lot of current contemporary practice in that way. I was
0: studying in Auckland, um, by contrast, at the last art fair, Stark White, in collaboration with Chartwell, yeah. did this radical project because there was this big talk here yesterday in the afternoon about collecting new media because it's seen as a bit of a hurdle as how do you get people to start buying this stuff. Um, that Chartwell and Stark White took that head on with the last fair with this radical project where they had this Clinton Watkins video work on the stand and they gave you a card with a download code on it you can go home and download the work so the work was free to anyone who asked. And that's just really pushing that envelope right beyond the question of how many editions and just giving it away. That was an
1: exceptional work because you know you had a, a, a CD yeah. or a CD-ROM that span, yeah. spun on yeah. your. You know I had it on my little MacBook and it just mm. spun there. It was just like it fitted my yeah. machine. It was just oh, it was a beautiful gesture. I thought. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, have you got a sense of where video art is? elsewhere in the, the market or the art fair or the dealer gallery system?
2: Um, I think from a pragmatic point of view, as someone who's worked in commercial galleries prior, if you're travelling to a fair, presenting um, video work at a stand is uh, problematic in the sense that it's costly and in terms of an install, if you're going to show a suite of video works, it's um, quite an undertaking. But You know, we have had video works here in the past. If you think back to the 2010 fair when Anna Mm. Schwartz was here, she had that incredible stand, which was a suite of Daniel von Sturmer works. That's right, that's right, yeah. And it sold, you know. I think with the exception of a couple of editions, all of those works sold. So I think if you do make that commitment and you make that leap it does pay off I guess it's just about taking that leap of faith. Well so
1: being an advocate for the moving image maybe there are practical things the art fair and art fairs plural need to do to actually uh, enable better representation mm. of dealers video art because I mean there's plenty of it in the dealer galleries in their own spaces right the wonderful yeah. Clinton Watkins work up workup is Start Wide at the moment mm-hmm uh do you, would you agree andrew yeah yeah I, I think we're seeing more and more of it in the dealers
0: so it's not that they don't have those artists and we, as we said alex is one of the featured artists with her project out front and gal langsford have just picked her up as an artist and they're also now showing Hiram lee yes. so they've got a couple of video artists in their stable for the first time so it seems everyone's doing it yeah
2: well, that's right, or if um, you talk with John McCormick at Stark White, for instance, one of his big pieces of advice to people who are starting collections, who say, you know, where should I start, what should I be looking at, is he'll tell them, you know, start a collection of video work, you don't need space, all you need is a screen, you can store everything on a hard drive, and it's a way to build a really comprehensive and exciting collection that, that you can change um, and enjoy you know, in your home quite easily. So I think there are people with the attitude to to promote video work, it's just... Yeah, take me a leap of faith. I, I wonder yes. if
0: the hurdle is for more established collectors who are used to buying painters and having a, paintings and having a spot on the wall to put them on, that mm. it's a bit of a mind shift for them. But as you say, for new collectors, I don't know why you wouldn't buy video art. It seems the mm. easiest thing in the world, really. I, I'm not sure what... Well, the, well, the irony,
1: again, is that the art fair organisation here itself is actually making a real effort with the public programme, and there's some great talks. And if you look at the public programme, uh, there's a lot of... A lot of talk around the stuff that we're not seeing in the dealer gallery. So there was a great uh, panel discussion uh, yesterday on collecting and curating new media with Sue Gardner and Dick Kwan, Lars Yerlach and uh, Melissa Locken from uh, Utopian uh, Slumps. Um, you know, uh, uh, so there's been quite a lot of that kind of conversation around it for collectors, whereas it hasn't been represented. It feels, yeah. Uh, Serena, Andrew, thank you for joining us here on CircuitCast. That brings the live cloud pod, pod cloud to a close. Um, CircuitCast was brought to you uh, with the support of uh, Crab New Zealand and of course the Auckland Art Fair. Uh, you can hear and download CircuitCast from www.circuit.org.nz. Thanks for joining us.